0: Coffee in Jerusalem by Bart Meehan, performed by Tony Turner. My son wants me to record the story of my life. It'll be something the family will always have, he says, though he never adds the next bit when you shuffle off. (laughs) What am I going to talk about? Most of my life has been repetition. Get up, go to work, come home, go to bed. Just tell your stories, Dad." And he's right. You have to pass them on or they die with you. I suppose I could begin with how I met his mother. A blind date at a barbecue. I shared the last sausage with her. She calls it the least romantic story ever told. Or maybe how I came here as a ten-pound tourist in the fifties and lived in a migrant hostel during the hottest summer on record, my family huddling in front of a rattling fan. But I was only three then, so those memories are planted. Now, I'll start with something I know, something from midlife that mattered, a chance encounter. When I was a young man, I worked for a time in Israel. I guess that might sound exciting if you didn't know I was just doing paperwork for a company in Tel Aviv. Well, on my first weekend off, I decided to visit Jerusalem. I remember it was an awful day. The rain was falling harder than it is today. So when the bus dropped me off at the old city, I ran through Jaffa Gate, desperately looking for shelter in a coffee shop. When I found one, a waiter blocked the door and said there were no seats. He was right, the place was packed. I'll stand at the counter. He looked unconvinced, and I think he was about to push me back into the street, when an old man sitting by himself waved me over. You can join me. There's plenty of room. The waiter shrugged and took my order for a short black while I made my way to the table. I thanked him as I sat down and he asked if I was English. No, I'm from Australia. His face brightened. I have a distant cousin in Melbourne. Perhaps you know him. I live in Adelaide and he looked disappointed. "'It's pity. It would have been nice if you knew him. "'You lose touch with family over the years.' "'I noticed he had a sketchbook in front of him "'and that he'd been sketching the face of a woman. "'I told him it was very good. "'My daughter. It's her birthday. "'I always draw on her birthday.' "'The waiter delivered my coffee with Huff, and left without asking if I wanted anything else. Don't mind him. He has been like that since his wife left uh, twenty years ago. I took a sip and grimaced. The coffee is as bitter as he is, but he's let me sit here for hours on a single cup, so it seems a small price to pay. He began sketching again, and I noticed the tattoo on his arm. He saw me staring and touched the spot. You know what this is. I nodded and said I was sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. He told me there was no need for apologies and offered his hand. I am Jacob. I told him mine, and he asked if it was a family name. My grandfather's a tradition for the first-born boy in our family. This clearly pleased him. Traditions are important. Have you come to Jerusalem because you are a Christian? I shook my head and told him I'd lapsed long time ago. Is there a reason? It was a question I hadn't thought about for a long time. I started life with a baptism in a cathedral and then made my way through a succession of schools St. Paul's, St. Mary's, St. Joseph's, St. John's until I graduated high school with the conviction that religion's sole purpose was to tell me what I couldn't do in life. Suppose I grew up, but you will still walk the Via della Rosa. I nodded and told him that it was tourism, not faith that was motivating me. It is great pity. Every one should believe in something. After all, if you don't have God who will you blame? And he looked at the drawing in front of him. I know many who questioned his existence in the camp and afterwards, but I Never doubted it. How could you live in a world if evil was random? You know, we put him on trial. There were those who prosecuted. How could he allow this to happen to his people? And those who defended, how can we know the mind of God? <laughs> in the end, we could not reach it verdict. So, we used the word ayav. You have heard that word? It means he owes us something. I asked if he lived in Israel a long time, and he told me he'd come here after the war. His own country had been swallowed up by the communists, and they hated the Jews almost as much as the Nazis. There were so many of us before the war not quite accepted by our countrymen, but tolerated... uh, Then the Germans came, and they all changed. Uh, They burned down synagogues and rounded us up like cattle. Do you know about these things? I nodded and started to say that I'd seen a television series about it, something I immediately regretted, and I apologized again for my insensitivity. There's no need to be embarrassed. How else would a young man from Australia know about it? He asked if I had a family. I was still single then, so I said, just my parents and my brother. He thought for a moment before telling me that families were an important thing, the most important thing. Sometimes it is easy to forget that when we are busy. Before the war, I had such a wonderful family, my mother and father, brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts, and of course, I had my Esther and this beautiful Anna. His hands moved across his sketch again, tracking the lines of his daughter's face. I asked if he had been an artist, and he shook his head. I was a jeweler working in my uncle's shop. It was a skill that kept me alive in the camp. I made souvenirs for the gods. But I always liked to draw. In the summer we would go to the park and I would sketch my little honor, dancing in the sunlight. So young. It's such a wonderful dancer. Your coffee has gone cold. You must order another. I told him it was fine, but he insisted and waved at the waiter. I cannot stand my coffee cold. I always ask for it to be hot. I want to feel it burning on my tongue. You think that is odd? (laughs) Perhaps it is. Perhaps I am punishing myself. He looked at me for a moment. I am wondering if I should tell you the rest. We are sharing coffee, but we are still strangers. If our stories are not passed on, they will die with us, won't they? And so he told me. At first, they lured the old ones with promises of extra bread. You will have to work hard in the camp, they said, but you will be well fed. This worked for a time, but then the stories began to come back, and there were no more volunteers. So they rounded us up in groups, shooting anyone who resisted. Those who were left, they packed in rail cars, men in one, women and small children in the other. As they took her away, my little Anna smiled and let go of her mother's hand. She spun like a ballerina and waved at me. I smiled back, and then she was gone. The rain had finally stopped, and tourists had begun to crowd back into the street. Jakob looked out of the window and shook his head. "Ugh, Americans! They are very loud, aren't they? But I suppose there are worse ways to live. I have heard it said there is no greater sorrow than to remember joy in midst of wretchedness. But for me it was only the memories of my past that kept me alive. When others died of disease or despair, when they threw themselves on the fence so they'd be shot, I kept living through the hunger Through the beatings, through the choking smoke from the furnaces, I kept living. And when the war was over, I looked everywhere for them. I was so sure they had survived. My wife was such a strong woman, much stronger than me. And I knew she would never let anything happen to our honor. But they were gone. I survived, and they did not. I suppose God thought He owed me something. The noise around us disappeared, and my hands trembled on the tiny cup of bitter coffee. I thought about the grainy images of living skeletons whose faces reflected nothing when they were finally released from hell. They were never real to me; they'd just been a footnote in history book. Jakob stood and said he had to go. Can you find your way to the Via della Rosa from here? I was confused. I thought, I thought you were drawing your daughter for her birthday. I said. He looked at me and smiled. You misunderstood. the I draw on her birthday, my friend. I do it every year here. This is what she would have looked like when she was ten. And here at twenty, she would be forty-six today. He stared at the drawing, the clear lines of the beautiful woman she'd become in his mind. I imagined her with a family of her own. Children, maybe, even grandchildren. (laughs) What a life she would have had. He closed the sketch pad and thanked me for my company on such a dreary day, and then he left. I never saw him again, though I went to the same cafe every time I visited Jerusalem. In the end, it was just a chance encounter. Strangers brought together for a moment on a rainy day. How many thousands of those do you have in life? And most you forget as soon as they are over. But I have such a clear memory of that day. I can see him crossing the rain-washed street. An old man wading through a series of Hawaiian shirts and Bermuda shorts, carrying so many other lives with him. And I am sure that for a moment, just the briefest of moments, I see a little girl dancing beside him. When I was a boy, my father would tell me ghost stories. I believed them then, but I'm an old man now and those years have taught me the only real ghosts are in our memories. Sometimes they bring us comfort, and sometimes they haunt us.